Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Um, I'm still sorry for the audio quality because of the background noise of the air conditioner in my studio and the fact that my microphone, my microphone died. Although I'm going to tap on it and see what happens. Yeah, nothing. So, um, so yeah, that's that. Thank you to everybody who listened to my last episode. Actually, thank you everybody who listened to both my last episodes with um, the preview of the episode with Slate. You went and you checked that out. I hope you like him. He, he just reached um, 100 viewers on his, 100 subscribers on his YouTube channel. If you know about, his, about the Anime MCS YouTube channel, then great. If you don't, go check it out. Um, my, so thanks for listening to that episode. That was a lot of fun to record with them. And thank you so much for listening to my episode. I can't believe I was rambling for time because I forgot what my last episode was because what is time anymore? But thanks for listening to my last episode on One Piece. Now, before we get started, the One Piece episode cut, cut out actually because of technical issues. So sorry about that. But I got most of what I wanted to say out of it. But I do want to say one more thing about One Piece because I I hit the point where like One Piece was exhausting, which it, it's a thing that happens. When you're attempting to watch One Piece, eventually you will get exhausted. But there's something that I noticed now that I couldn't notice before, in addition to my favorite character design in One Piece, which is Marco the Phoenix. But he, but the thing I noticed in One Piece, especially in the um, Marine Ford Ace Rescue War thing arc, is how much just throwaway designs in that show and in that property, most likely, are fucking fabulous. They, I mean, you meet Marco, and Marco becomes one of, like, hundreds of side characters in One Piece, but you also see, like, these weird marine generals who, there's no reason for them to be super awesomely designed, but they all have a sense of individuality and oddity and uniqueness. Some of them have devil fruit powers, and you can tell the devil fruit powers, but they're just never explained, which is great, honestly. But it, it just kind of stunned me when I was watching. I'm like, that samurai general dude is cool as shit. There's another samurai dude who has spider hair. That's also cool. So I just wanted to say that, and I might make occasional updates to my watching of One Piece or reading of One Piece. I may give up and read it. I may do that because I like my sanity. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about today is a little show that I think I thought I'd talk about, but I didn't see the episode, so I guess I haven't. And that's a show called IGPX.
Before we get into IGPX proper, the two-season show that, that ran on Toonami and was produced by um, Production IG, I want to talk about its history because its history is fairly unique. And the reason why it's fairly unique is because IGPX wasn't initially produced as a whole show. It was produced as first of grouping of, I believe, five test animations. So, and it was a partnership between Production IG and Toonami. And what, Toonami, what the Toonami programming block basically did, they had Production IG and, by extension, Cartoon Network, but they had Production IG produce, I think it was... Five or but it might have been six, about five second animation clips that all culminated and combined to equal one episode. So it was probably five, so it was probably like 20 seconds overall. And what they would do with these things was pretty interesting actually. Is they would run them like you would run commercials. So it was a blink and miss it kind of thing. So, and it made, it made their programming block a nightmare to get used to because IGP, the IGPX episode would premiere in like a commercial flop between one show and another show. It was actually pretty clever because it was a way of keeping a kid's attention from show to show. So what they could do is they could be more risky with the way they programmed the Toonami block. If they knew that, say, a whole bunch of people maybe didn't like Code Lyoko because Code Lyoko was weird, um, but loved Dragon Ball Z, they could say, but loved Dragon Ball Z and had any interest in the IGPX promotional stuff they had released. Or was also rumored on the internet. Then they could say, okay, IPPX will be between Code Lyoko and Dragon Ball Z. Which I can totally imagine being an actual programming block. So many people would, would watch part of Code Lyoko into the final commercial break before Dragon Ball Z to catch that five second. IGPX animation. And what that animation originally was, was it was like a, what's the best way to put it? It was like 
Azoid's New Century Zero match that was going on between two teams, and they had all the and all the characters, as much as you saw of them, were pretty slightly fleshed out. And these little animated little animated clips, because that's really what they were. They were essentially animate. They were essentially super high budget animator shorts. Got really popular. Like, really popular. And eventually, Toonami went back to, uh, to production ID and said, Okay, these were super popular. We have basically sprung a brand, like an IP out of the ground. And for a super small amount of money to start up. And now we can take this IP and run with it. Um, uh, Cartoon Network programming blocks work much like individual channels. Does this make any sense? And so Adult Swim did, did something similar with Big O, with Big O, in that Big O just wasn't going to get a second season because it was not performing well in Japan. No, Toonami approached the production team for Big O and said, we will pay for a second season because it is a cult classic in America. And that's where the second season of Big O comes from. So there is some kind of precedent for an American programming block stepping in to say, hey, we want this, even if it's not doing well for your initial audience. And that's true of all kinds of anime that are now considered to be cl absolute classic. You look at something like um, Cowboy Bebop, for example. It didn't initially do super well in the way it was broadcast in Japan. Amer it became a cult classic because it was revived by an American audience. And so that is also true of something like Trigun, which is all but designed for an American audience. It's a space western. Holy shit. It's, it's an alternate, actually it's an alternate Earth history western. So, there is precedent for programming blocks doing this kind of thing, but IGPX did it in such a measured and safe way by using basically a 20, 20, by using a 25, 30 second animator project experiment to create an IP that they could then eventually sell DVDs on the, off the back of. Because that, that's what this was about at this point in the anime game was you could put a DVD on a shelf and some schmuck would buy it. I... And one of the schmucks, I have one of the, I believe the first disc of IGPX in my tiny, tiny DVD slash Blu-ray collection. And I love this show. But what they did with the shorts was geared towards a short, towards the medium of they had 25 to 30 seconds to tell a whole story. So, 
if you put all those shorts together, you, you can probably go do this on YouTube and watch them all throughout, you'll see one whole match of this, like, Doids-like piloted robot deathmatch thing. And so they had to come up with something different for the show itself. And that meant skewing it in a way that was less, certainly less violent, because they, they wanted it to be a more all-age show, and that's certainly what it feels like. But they also wanted to, they also needed to be much more deliberate about telling the story and about the story beats. So what they did is they took it out of the realm of like Zoids-ish stuff. And for those of you who have never seen Zoids, you can listen to the episode on Zoids, which is actually probably the place where I think I talked about IGPX last. in this podcast feed earlier on in the feed. <laughs> but what they did was really interesting because they could have done a bunch of stuff with this idea of giant bipedal robots. And what they decided to do was they decided to make a sports racing anime about teams of people who race robots in like a, almost like a NASCAR, almost like a three-car NASCAR style of race. And you follow Takashi, the Takashi Gin, the, like, this upstart, like, new hot racer along with his team of other racers, all of which have their own personalities, backstories, hangups, all this stuff. And what they did was they took, they took a pretty decent, not generic, but not super fleshed out, robot property, giant robot property, and they turned it into a sports property. Let me say that again. They turned a giant robot show into a sports show. <laughs> that's really impressive. That's, really, that's not something that people do all the time. And one of the reasons is that, those, that in many people's minds, those things don't like meet very often. And I'm sure this is an example because it's always an example to undercut me somewhere. It's just the way the world works. But IVPX got a massive budget, a like prime programming slots, and this thing ran for two seasons. Now, granted, the like championship stuff of it is just doesn't quite. It like the competition part doesn't. It's not that it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel like their their ultimate bet, like competitors or competition in the IGPX, which stands for Immortal Grand Prix. They don't feel as threatening as I think they should, but it's 
It's an inter- it's an interesting it's an interesting experiment that ran for two seasons. It concluded its own storyline. It, it, and this is something that doesn't always happen with these kinds of things. IDPX chooses a story to tell, and it tells it and ends on its own term. That's really, really, really good. You can watch IDPX, and you'll come away with the whole thing, and you'll be fine. Uh, so much of good shows take either forever to conclude or have all these little bits and pieces to them that you need to absorb in order to conclude the show. For example, I just finished watching Avatar The Last Airbender and Korra, and for both of those, there's supplemental comic books. There's all this other bullshit. Because those shows, especially Korra, actually, were done with a vision that was bigger than their frame. And while IGPX may not be the most innovative show, it may not be the most... It may not reach the farthest it can, that a show can, that's for sure. By keeping its entire thing within the frame of its budget, it manages to be just a good, fun, solid time. And they have like little, because they function, they make the thing function like a sports show, they have little bits of things that make a lot of sense and make it, it give you give you a context in which the robots exist instantly. It's not like something like Gundam where they set up the idea of interstellar war or let's play football with a nuclear-armed giant robot, which is a literal freaking plot of a Gundam, of a series of Gundams. They say, no, hey, stupid. We got giant robots, there's three types, we racing them around a giant racetrack. Let's go. People bet there's a champion at the end of the show. Don't worry, we got you. Like, we're going to get you all the way there. The way that this show props itself up is with its characters. With the character of Amy, with the character of Takashi with the different characters you meet, with the, diff- with the opportunities that they hit and sometimes miss with the three pilots of each team they go up against, they, get, they have the room because they took two seasons to flesh those characters out. So, like, you meet an all-female team. Takashi dates one of them for a fair part of this series. You meet a different team, and you learn something about them. And this is going to sound like a weird comparison, because it's definitely not... It's... A, I'm going to call it a quasi-anime comparison. Have you ever heard of a show called Oban Star Racers? About 
2% of you are like, yeah, yeah, I remember that show. The other, like, 90-some-odd percent of you are like, mm, what the fuck is Obon Star Racer? Obon Star Racer was a mid-2000s slightly dumpster fire of a Jetix Disney anime-esque produced in France show. And it was basically tomboy girl wants to get to know her father better because her mother is dead. And to do that, she becomes a Obon star racer. And that means that she races a Star Wars pod racer in interstellar car races. And it's probably the best comparison I can figure out for IGPX because it has a lot, it has the element of the team dynamic, it has the element of other racers and their team dynamics and all this other like interlocking sports world NASCAR-ness stuff that they don't, much of the like race car racing anime that you that people remember is something like Initial D. And Initial D is a great show, don't get me wrong, although the Rickrolling is just just off the charts with that show. I I have never, ever, even in the age of Netflix, sat and just like had a show just pull me in for whole seasons at a time. Like, I sit down on the couch and I just keep fucking watching because they never complete a single race and a single episode of Initial D. They complete a race in an episode and a half, but then they've already got you. Haha, now we're going to do something else. And that will continue to the next episode. And you see where this is going eventually. You're like, episode 104, you're like, come out of a stoop and you're like, oh god, what happened? This is awful. Why would I do this to myself? But it's not that car racing is necessarily boring, although it can be. It's that there's not a huge amount of interest for like a speed racer style show. And that's mostly because speed racer exists as a thing and as like a definitive racing anime that has existed and will exist forever so if you, you pitch somebody and said i want to make speed races a show they tell you no but if you say okay i want to make team races with giant robots giant racetrack somebody be like ah give them money we'll do it and the thing that the thing that all three of these shows, Speed Racer, Obon Star, Obon Star Racer, and I can't believe, I can't believe that this is the conversation I'm having. Obon Star Racer and IZPX all have in common is that they it's not just about the racing. Initial D is for fucking. 1990s car heads who love them some drifting cars. 
But IPPX is for people who love things like Haiku. And Haiku, I know a lot of you like because it is, without a doubt, my most listened to episode. So if you like the kind of like exploration of team dynamic and something like Haiku or something like even Kuroko's Nobat, Kuroko's Basketball, IGPX doesn't have anything that's that deep, but it has something that's at least comparable. It has exploration of what it means to be the character in this, in this, in the sports teams they're in and doing what they're doing. And it explored why they do what they do and how they do what they do. It also has a cat in a plug suit that pilots a mech. So that's, that's a bonus. I, I mean, why aren't you already watching it? That's your fault. I'm not going to help you with that. Figure it out. But you should also watch the show if you're interested in the oddities of the anime industry and what America has done with it. Because this show is 1,000% an anime. But it is also very mindful of the audience that it knows it's playing to. It is show knows it's playing to a tsunami audience. It's not something like One Piece where if you watch One Piece on Adult Swim you will like take it or leave it depending on what you like. It's designed specifically for tsunami. It is and it's one of it's one of I think it's the first shows to be done that way. So it, and this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode, but it's, it's just really interesting as a show and as a property because it's just, it's a racing anime with the, with the, with the special component being giant robots and it functions like a sports anime and it comes out of this, I'm serious, like 20 second long multiple clip experimental animation project that Toonami had produced, I believe for a special programming block they called like mech month or something where like one January they just showed all these mech cartoons like they found a fucking episode of uh, they showed the first episode of um heavily edited because it was still daylight out at the time it aired but they showed the first episode of Evangelion they showed some Gundam Wing they showed Zoids they showed Zoids um I believe both New Century Zero and Chaotic Century. Um, they also showed what else did they show in that like weird month? They showed uh, they showed Gundam, obviously. They showed all kinds of stuff for that for, for that odd programming block, and their kind of crown jewel was the IGPX clips they had produced, and they sprinkled all through to like kind of carry you all through, and it was just it was. It was 
really interesting to me that those clips were so popular that they allowed Toonami to go back to, to production IG and say, okay, we're going to order a whole show of that now. Show us what you got. And I'm, I also, I would love to know it's just if Toonami knew what they were getting or if I, Production IG made this weird ass thing and was like, we know you like the robot thing. Here's this robot racing thing. Take it or leave it. And Toonami was just like, what? Okay, I guess. This is really cool, but oh, but, yeah. So, I, yeah, those are my thoughts on IGPX. I'm going to cut it off at around the 30 minute mark because this is, I didn't want to, I don't want to drag this out. I think I've given a lot. But if you like this episode, usually these episodes are a lot longer. But they're usually around an hour or so. But I've been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to it, to this podcast, in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. You can also leave me a, a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps the show. And until Sunday, when I'll be doing an episode all about the reading of manga, which I've gotten into again. Thank you, Black Lagoon. Fuck. Um, But until then, I've been Alex, and I'll talk to you on Sunday.